Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name's Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. And welcome to our Kickstarter campaign to raise funds for for what? For ourselves, right? We're just going to take the money and leave. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, allowed under their terms of service, but how much are we looking to raise? Well, it's for our podcast to help us fund the podcast. As far as how much we're looking to raise, I think I would say a minimum of $1, but maximum $2 billion. <laughs> The minimum's the important thing, because if you set your minimum, and in order to actually get the proceeds from Kickstarter, you have to reach your minimum. If not, then nothing happens. So Okay. But yeah, we'll just have to make sure that we're following the, the rules that Kickstarter has on its terms of service. And this is actually what it truly says. Don't break the law. Don't lie to people. Don't offer prohibited items. Don't victimize anyone. Don't spam. Don't harm anyone's computer. Don't abuse other users' personal information. Yeah, I think we can do that. Sufficient for me. But let's say we uh, do get that investment. Well, I guess first, let me backpedal a little bit. We have to offer some sort of reward or benefit in order for people to give us the money. So I already have a list. Like, for example, okay, like if you... If you pay us $5, then you get a free download of our episode. If you pay us $10, then you get to listen to an episode before it comes out. And that's about like six hours or so before. (laughs) And we can go on from there. I have a lot of ideas. Yeah. All, All very good, of course. Yeah. All very good. So if we if we do that and then people give us money, we don't fulfill those. I mean, those would be easy rewards to fulfill, but... Oftentimes people start these Kickstarters and have these rewards. A lot of times if it's product-based, or going to be based on giving them some form of the end product. And what happens when you know the people that ran the this individual Kickstarter don't end up giving the rewards to the people they're supposed to? I guess that's what we're going to talk about here is the, the issues behind that. Because it happens, I don't know what percentage of the time it happens, but it happens, I'm sure... I was going to try to ballpark a percent, but I'm just not even going to do that. I mean, obviously, I think most people are honest, but at the same time, it's not about honesty. It's also about how many projects just fail. And I think our perspective may be a little warped because we we tend to hear the, those stories more often than not. I mean, we've had personal experiences with our clients who have either done campaigns or have had you know relations to it and so forth. And it's not uncommon for just a group of people to go in there with positive, wholesome intentions. They raise the funds and they find out, oh, there's some kind of kink in the production or whatever, and they need more funds and it just falls apart. Or one of the partners leaves and doesn't go anywhere. And that, that happens. I mean, that happens with any project, which shows you there's always going to be a time where you need more money. And sometimes what you raise in the Kickstarter campaign may not be enough. Yeah, that's a good point. I I don't think there's too many people out there that are just trying to scam the system and and get free money. Maybe that guy who did the Airbnb thing. Yeah, of course. That's what we covered that a while ago. That guy that was overstaying in the Airbnb also had one failed Kickstarter campaign where he didn't do anything with the money and then he was working on his second one, right? Yeah, it was good. It was a sizable amount too. I think it was 40K. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes they just underestimate the expenses involved and 
manufacturing or distributing the product. So they can run into problems. And Kickstarter stance is pretty straightforward. It says the contract is between the person that puts up the thing and the people that give the money where Kickstarter itself is not part of this contract. They do address the issue of if rewards are not being fulfilled and they basically come down to saying like the person needs to make the best effort in order to make sure the backers get what they're supposed to get. And if not, then make the best effort in giving them some sort of refund or something like that. But I mean, the situations where the person that created it underestimates the expenses and then has already took all the backers money and tried to pay for things. And now it's $0. And what's your, (laughs) what's your remedy as a backer? Exactly. And I I think that's the frustration that I would have with these companies like Kickstarter because, in fact, uh, we wrote an article on the blog about something about the crowdfunding exposure and Ann Wallace did a good piece on it. And she put it well. She's like, as they say, the house always wins. And in this sense, it's that Kickstarter is going to get their percentage, not either way, I should say, but if it gets funded, they get they get their fees and they have no no risk and no liability because they disclaim everything. I mean, they not only do, do they disclaim that they're not responsible, like you said, that the backer and what do they call the uh, the entrepreneur, uh-huh. the contracts between them, but also they limit their liability to I think a hundred dollars. They have an arbitration clause in there, which is not unusual. They also have it so that there's indemnification. So like if, for example, the the company does something wrong and Kickstarter sued by it, then the fundraiser actually has to identify the, the company, which again, not all unusual, but compare that to like, for example, eBay or PayPal, not necessarily the greatest companies either, but they do get involved in the dispute. They have a dispute resolution process between the buyer and seller and Kickstarter is not even willing to do that. And I'm just wondering like, look, at what point are you going to take responsibility? And that's very true. They just say, hey, we're a platform. We're not responsible for this. We don't oversee the project's performance. We don't mediate disputes. It is an agreement between the person that created it and the backers. And that's that. We're just here to provide this website and a way to accept funds and then ultimately transfer them to the person that created it. And after taking the cut that we're entitled to. I really feel that there's there may there may be out there, but there is room for a platform that actually vets their projects, you know, and gets a little more involved because you can still disclaim your liability or limit your liability, even getting your involvement. I think that's what the Kickstarter legal compliance is worried about is, okay, once you start putting your hands in it, then it's going to be much harder for them to argue that they are not culpable, right? Well, the Kickstarter, if I remember correctly, Kickstarter used to have some sort of screening process. And then a year or so, a year or so ago, they just opened it up kind of a a free for all. But yeah, I mean, without the screening process, you're going to run into a lot more questionable campaigns that are being run. So I guess they they figured the amount of money they're making off all of the projects is going to outweigh the cost associated with dealing with these disputes. I think one of the biggest problems too is that compare this to eBay or like a transaction you buy on eBay, it's a buyer and a seller. This is a bunch of buyers or a bunch of funders and one one company. And the problem with that is that because these funders tend to be what, 10, 15, $20 at a time, I don't know what the average is, but relatively small amounts, the incentive for any one of those funders to actually file lawsuits very low. It's like the trouble's too much. And so the only way that it would make sense is if they're 
is some kind of class action or some kind of attorney that's willing to group everyone together and then file a lawsuit. But on top of that, not, not to go into a long rant here, but if this company chose to take the funds and not do anything with it, that company is probably not collectible anyway. They're going to go away or they spent the money already. And so where's the resolution? In fact, in the past, I think the only only way that this has really come to manifest itself is maybe some civil lawsuits here and there, but the state governments or state attorney general will step in when a lot of people are have been harmed somehow. You're exactly right. It's what are you going to do if you gave 10 bucks and you didn't get your even like 50 bucks? I mean, <laughs> it's not going to be worth the time to, to go after someone. And I don't know if you saw this. And let's see, it was 2012 on the Kickstarter blog. So these people that are affiliated with Kickstarter wrote this post saying how Kickstarter is not a store. They say, hey, you know, we ask, we, we require the creators to talk about the risks and challenges of, you know, this particular project. So we think that's enough. You know, in a store, if you pay money, you get the product. So it's not always the case here is how I interpreted this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I just found $1.5 billion in pledges for Kickstarter since 2009. The failure rate for Kickstarter campaigns is, I don't know what the reference is here, but is reported to be greater than half, so more than 50%. <laughs> can you imagine that? Assuming that's close to a dollar amount, if you can equate it to a dollar amount, out of $1.5 billion in pledges, 750,000 was basically lost. So, or 750 million, I should say. Yeah, obviously it's an alarming stat or alarming number, but I'm really not that surprised to me, what Kickstarter's become, the people that do the, maybe at the beginning when it was a little bit different, but now n enough people know about it. The Kickstarter campaigns are just essentially people trying to get free money in hopes that it will jumpstart their you know, product. Or I, I think the creators are looking at it all wrong and it's the backers don't necessarily understand the ramifications of it either. So it's not the best market to really get money for your product and then have to move forward. It, it, it definitely still is good for some creators, some products, but enough of them are in the wrong spot to be doing this Kickstarter route. It's a good point. And even I, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody that had a, this great, really great idea, business idea. And he was thinking about ways to fund it. And I was just thinking, you know, he was mentioning crowdfunding and Kickstarter and so forth. But really, to me, if, if you really have a great idea, and, and this guy really did have a great idea, is Kickstarter the best way to go, go about that? To me, it's, it's a little amateurish in the sense that if you really have a great, great thing to sell, you can go to a, an investor and get the whole thing funded with one or two conversations. I guess that's idealistic, but that's what happens in, in, in the real world. And going this Kickstarter route, there's a lot of downsides. I mean, you're basically disclosing your idea to the public. And I, I like the Kickstarter campaigns that are really a truly Kickstarter. Like, okay, it cost me five bucks to create this widget. If you give us $20, you'll get the first widget in the production. And we'll use that money to create the widget. To me, that makes sense, you know? And and then it's just a math problem of being able to produce the widget to make sure we have enough to ship it and all that. And uh, the early adopters gets the widget first. And I think that's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, here's, I'm looking at the most funded Kickstarter campaigns. Two of the top three are these by the same company, Pebble Technology, for these different watches. Coolest Cooler. I'm sure you heard about that. The like cooler with all that crazy stuff with it. Your favorite, number four, 
8.7 million in pledges this card game called exploding kittens oh yeah we covered that did i buy that i feel like i bought it i'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) i feel like did, did i buy it on air and i haven't got it yet or something it's very possible yeah a lot of games it's pretty much technology it's a combination of technology games and then uh I would I would say entertainment like Veronica Mars movie reading Rainbow some Zach Braff thing. Again, I I have to confirm the statistic, but that majority of the projects fail. That that bothers me a little bit. Still, everyone says there's eight out of ten businesses, or sometimes people say nine out of ten businesses fail in the first five years, and that's that makes sense to me because you know over a long period of time, you know there's a lot of things that can go wrong. But with the Kickstarter campaign, if you raise the minimum funds that you have, okay, all you have to do is produce. You have a project, you have the money, and you're going there, it's like, okay, I have everything, all I need is the money. And they get the money and then they fail. It just show, goes to show you, it's like, it's very amateurish because it's all in the execution and kind of gives some light out that, look, sometimes your problem is not just that you need funds, you know, there's a lot to it. And I don't know how Kickstarter necessarily tracks the future success and i'm not again i'm not even sure if that's something reported by kickstarter or if that's something through third-party research i have to look into that yeah because i I would think it's got to be third party because kickstarter even says you know we don't monitor the performance basically their thing is you set an amount you reach it you get the funds that people had pledged and then it's up to you to make sure that you follow through with everything we're out of the picture at that point yeah great model for them they have already got their cut and have cut themselves out of any liability. Exactly. The house always wins. Kickstarter collects 5% of the funds that are collected for projects that meet their goal. And yeah. regardless of whether they win or lose, I think that's troublesome. And I'm sure there's probably been the campaigns where the creators had estimated their expenses and been right, but they forgot to account for that 5% that's taken out. Oh, yeah. We, we covered this too. There's also tax consequences to that too, right? We did cover that. It would be a gift, right? And so it's 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 taxable income and you know, there's so many issues. If you look at that as revenue and then the money you pay is expenses, then it could just net out to zero. Yeah. That's true. It sh- in theory, it should net out to zero. Hopefully. Whatever the profit is. Or I got it. We, I just figured it out. We'll just do this Kickstarter. We'll get the money and then spend more on it. And then we'll have a net loss. And then we can pass that through to our individual taxes. <laughs> Perfect. It's a big tax scheme that we're working on. I like when people ask that idea to me and I'm like, well, you realize that it's all predicated upon you losing money in a business. <laughs> so like you're losing dollar for dollar in your business and you're saving whatever your tax rate is on the tax benefits. So just think about that for a second. Very classic. So, okay. So after this story, I'm I'm not ready to put Kickstarter on my boycott list amongst Yelp and Uber, but... There is something that bothers me about that practice. So I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye on them. <laughs> Slowly but surely, you're alienating every big company. What do you use for a search engine? You probably don't even use the internet. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, Google's not perfect, but I, I think they're still more or less doing better than other companies in their projects and ethical approach, but definitely not perfect. I thought for sure you would say uh, you're a yahoo.com search kind of guy uh no i'm not thanks for assuming that well anyway thanks for joining us everyone yep keep it sound keep it smart this has been the legally sound smart business show with your hosts nasir pasha and matt stop 
The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.